You're listening to a Fat Cat Media Podcast. If you love caravanning, four-wheel driving, fishing, camping, gold detecting, exploring places, history and visiting destinations all rolled into each episode, welcome to the Road Less Travel Podcast, a podcast that documents and captures the Australian spirit of travel, discovery and adventure. And each week you can join myself where together we'll experience adventures all around Australia with glimpses into a world that's faded into history. The people, the places, the way of life. This is the Road Less Travelled. This is The Road Less Travelled, presented by Nikki Shea. Welcome to this week's edition of The Road Less Travelled podcast. Nikki Shea back in the driver's seat with you. Hey, do you like wine? Well, we are going to visit one of the world's best wine regions this week on the podcast with the Barossa Valley. It's just a 50-minute drive northeast of Adelaide. The Barossa is an internationally acclaimed wine region encompassing the towns of Tanunda, Angerston and Nuremota. And from tasting the official best wines in the world to sipping a local drop, that's as old as we're soaring over some of the oldest vines in the world. And you can discover it all at the Barossa Valley, where you can wander into over 80 cellar doors, tasting some of the most produce and I guess too for the ultimate foodies adventure you can take the European way and that's a road trip through the best parts of the Barossa and beyond and that's what we're focusing on this week on the Road Less Travel podcast welcome along thanks very much for your company if you're a seasoned listener welcome back to the podcast great to have your ongoing support and if you're new to the podcast welcome along for the next half an hour or so we'll be taking a trip as I mentioned the Barossa Valley this week but there's plenty other adventures that we've done over the course of season one and season two of the road less travel this is episode number 45 of season two welcome along you can follow us on facebook on instagram and on youtube as well and find out more of what we're doing you can visit the website which is fatcatmedia.com.au email me at any time which is fatcat with a ph a-T-C-A-T at iinet.net.au and of course you can send us messages on Instagram and Facebook too. Now the accepted historical record of the Barossa I guess too has traditionally sort of focused on the arrival of white Europeans in the area and of course their cultural heritage told through stories of resilience, determination and fortitude. There is of course however an indigenous history of the land that stretches back to the dawn of recorded time and it too speaks of survival, cultural, cultural history and and story too. Today, the rich and diverse Indigenous heritage of this region remains and forms part of the living, continuing connection between the local Indigenous people and, of course, their land. And rather, I guess, too, than a sort of singular narrative, there are many stories to be told of the Barossa Valley. Now, I guess the most important thing when you're touring around the Barossa is to do it your way. There are more than 20 townships and villages all within the Barossa Valley. And, of course, you'll find a real friendly welcome and a quaint history behind every corner, which could really easily warrant a month-long meander through the area. We've covered some of the major centres that you'll be visiting with us on this particular journey, but make sure you get a well-guided one with historical, um, I guess, interest. There's, of course, wine tasting, duh. And there's also art itineraries prepared too by the Barossa Valley that suits your particular flavour and interest. So we start at Gawler, and Gawler has a, a broad tree-lined streets, grand sort of 19th century architecture too, and it's befitting gateway to the beautiful Barossa. And you can live by the history by foot, uh, via Church Hill State Heritage Walking Tour or the historic Main Street Walking Tour of Gawler. Gawler too is the oldest country town on the Australian mainland in the state of South Australia. It was named after the second governor, the British vice-regal representative of the colony of South Australia named George Gawler. 
Kaula. It is about 40 to 44 kilometres north of the centre of the state capital, Adelaide, and of course is close to the major wine producing district of the Barossa Valley. It lies at the sort of confluence of two tributaries of the Gawler River, the North and South Para Rivers, where they emerge from a range of low hills. Historically a semi-sort of rural area, it's been swept up in Adelaide's growth in recent years and now is sort of considered by some as an outer northern suburb of Adelaide and it's counted as a suburb in the outer metro area of the Greater Adelaide Planning Region. Now from Gawler you can head towards Lindock and the Roland Flat. When you head over Sandy Creek it's 10 minutes from Gawler where you can browse the eclectic shops and enjoy an authentic pasty from a traditional German bakery at Lindock. The popular estates offers wine tasting including the Schild, the Kellermeister, the Hemeru Estate and the 1847 wines which have a wide variety of sort of rosé vintages and blends at the garden, uh, the Rose Garden rather at Lindock Hill. If you want to strap on the walking boots and wander through the Lindock Lavender Farm, the Barossa Valley area really tickles the senses or you can trend the groves at the Jacobs Creek Visitor Centre in Rowland Flat to learn all about the common grape varieties of the region. And here too you can also earn your stripes with master cooking and winemaking classes they have with tastings at the cellar door. And of course you don't go to the Barossa Valley without sampling wines. If you're a whiny kind of person, whether it's white wine or red wine, that is certainly the area for you. But by visiting places like Tanunda, you can settle in for a long, relaxing afternoon enjoying the spoils of the Barossa at the leafy township of Tanunda. Within this little village, you'll find local cuts from the butchers. There's traditional German baked goods and, of course, cellar doors with the Grand Chateau Tanunda. There's the Langmar Winery and St. Helen Winery, to name just a few. So armed with your treats in hand, you can unpack your loot at the Heinemann Park or the nearby Bethany Reserve before walking it off in the leafy Tanunda Heritage Trail in town. Now, north of Tanunda is Seppelsfield, which is home to more than 30 historic buildings, including miners' cottages, a homestead, smokehouse, and distillery. And here you can watch artists in residence in action at the recently established Jam Factory, which is an epicenter for craft and design. Now, Tanunda is known as, I guess, the heart of the Barossa, the red heart of the Barossa. It sits in prime position surrounded by the region's best wineries, and it derives its name from the Aboriginal word for watering hole and you'll certainly find more than a few good spots to quench your thirst around this little historic town. As I mentioned, it's a wine is delight. You can sample wine straight from the barrel, barrel rather at Chateau Tanunda, go back to wine school at the Greenock Estates, or you can sip bold reds in a heritage stone barn at Rockford Wines. And of course, as I mentioned, you can wander down the leafy streets, which are absolutely simply dotted with heritage buildings. You can stop for lunch at uh, Vino Local or dig into dinner at the Harvest Kitchen. And down the road, you can, as I mentioned, discover the Seppelsville, which is home to Seppelsville Winery and Henty Farm Restaurant and and Seppelwoods Road Distillers. So if you're into distilleries, that's another place that you can visit there too. Now, there is no shortage of accommodation options in this real... Uh, it's just a smorgasbord of accommodation whether you want to glamp it whether you want a uh, luxury accommodation it is all amongst the opportunities visit southaustralia.com and visit the Barossa Valley website and you can find out a heap of options the most visited tourist destination also is home of Discovery Park's Barossa Valley which is a, just a few minutes from the centre of Tanunda and the park is a great place to begin your tour of the Barossa. You can stay in one of their new two person deluxe safari tents which is set in a private area of the caravan park with exclusive access to an outdoor lounge there's also a funky i said funky barbecue space fire pit heated swimming pool and spa and these eco lux tents are set amongst the native gum trees with a vineyard view and 
feature hotel standard ensuite bathrooms and a private deck. They are sensational. If, though, you're into a family adventure, in the family section of the park, the kids can enjoy the sort of uh, water park. It's one of the longest in the network of Discovery Parks. It has three slides, a gigantic tipping bucket, and more splash zones than you can count. And you can also take your pick from newly launched cabins to shady powered powered sites, and that's what we decided to do. The, also, you can get a day pass too if you just want to access the water park with the kids. There's a playground, jumping pillow, all that kind of stuff. And also for use of their facilities such as the camp kitchen, the barbecues and the amenities. And for more information, you can jump onto their website, of course, Discovery Park. Uh, discoveryholidayparksrather.com.au backslash Tanunda and the Barossa Valley. It's uh, located Murray Street, Tanunda. <music> Next destination from Tananda for, for us was to visit Angerston and Nuri Utpa. Nuri Utpa is the commercial hub of the Barossa and is also home to this astonishing co-op, which is a shopping centre precinct, or not shopping centre, but a shopping precinct, invested in the local community with, of course, locally sourced produce in the mix. Nearby, you'll find a traditional family-owned butcher and baker, surprisingly second-hand goods at a quirky little bric-a-brac store, as well as open parklands adding to a really relaxed vibe. Now, if you've got younger kids, they'll love clambering the old steam train at the Nuripina line park which is adjacent to a playground and a skate park and also a swimming pool a short little drive outside town you'll find the heart of the fabulous community-run barossa bush gardens project that's successfully reintroducing local indigenous plants throughout the barossa valley and the cellar doors include some of the barossa's biggest names and the oldest estates like wolf blass penfolds and elderton as well as enterprising newcomers such as first drop wines which is lauded for its tapas bar and early risers can view the barossa's patchwork from the air aboard hot air balloons launching from this little oasis you can also take a step back in time and admire skills at the working blacksmith museum the local volunteers of the angerston and penrice historical society they have a little blacksmith shop and they hit hammer to rods at the doddridge blacksmith shop before leading you through three rooms of this little blacksmith memorabilia so much to see and do in this little world-renowned region that you want to set up your portable home and immerse yourself in all it has to offer so i guess my question was what makes the barossa valley so good well it's an icon in Australian tourism and also with such old vines family lines and a unique food and wine culture the Barossa Valley is lauded as Australia's most acclaimed wine regions why well we'll get to that in a moment success has come from its ability I guess to evolve with the times and the taste while never compromising on their quality now Australian wine and the Barossa Valley Uh, Barossa Valley are linked and it's one of the most historic and celebrated wine regions with six generation grape growers and a history that dates back to 1842. The Barossa Valley was developed from agriculture after the British settlers arrived, joined soon after by the Prussian Silesian Lutherans, who gave this region a real distinct German flavour. And I know my own husband's um, on his mum's side, they all come from the Barossa Valley. So with a rich history dating back to the 1842s, the Barossa Valley is one of the most historic wine-producing regions in Australia, with many, as I mentioned, six-generation families are still involved in grape growing. Johan, uh, I think his name was Johan Gramp. He's a farmer from Bavaria. He settled on the banks of Jacobs Creek, and like place, uh, people like Samuel Smith of Yolumba and many of the other settlers, they recognised that the Barossa Valley was perfectly suited to growing vines, and it didn't take long for Johan's vineyard to venture and really thrive. 
Now, as the Barossa Valley grew and started to evolve by the mines of Australia had a strong reputation, although they were yet to make their mark on the world stage. Australian Zen had been mainly drinking fortified wines, so the Barossa had become a specialist of producing those styles. In the 1970s, though, tastes had started to change, and Australians surely began to love those table wines. It was really during the 1980s and 90s that the golden era began for the Barossa Valley and for Australian wine for that matter. Shiraz and the Red Blends were in high demand and these styles became some of the most sought-after wines in the world, cementing the Barossa Valley's standing as a world-class wine region. It's home to some of the oldest wines and vines in the world, including the Shiraz and I think it's pronounced Grenache vines that date back to the 1840s. By 2009, the Barossa Old Vine Charter was rolled out to help recognise, preserve and protect those precious vines. Do these old stalwarts make better wines? Well, many believe that they do, but as Robert Hill Smith of Yolumba says, the wines and the vines are old because they're good, not good because they're old. So it's clear that tradition and success haven't made the Barossa wine community complacent. They've just evolved with the changing world, or they're always innovating while respecting the region's deeply rooted culture. The early founders would surely be thrilled to see it now. And now, today, new and exciting winemakers are once again changing the landscape of the Barossa Valley wine and adding to its rich diversity. Some come from families that have been in the region since the 1800s. Others have been drawn there from all over the world. And these growers and winemakers are exploring alternative varieties, especially Mediterranean varieties, and these are well suited to the warmer climate. They've also started experimenting too with innovative and ancient techniques to create new expressions using traditional varieties like Shiraz, Riesling and Grenache and sustainability now has become a major focus with several growers moving to organic and biodiversity and biodynamic farming too. So with its its real own story really tracing the lines of Australian wine history, the Barossa Valley has indeed played a vital role in pioneering and shaping the broader wine community. Like everything, trends shift and the evolution is a constant but the quality of the Barossa Valley wine never changes. So why is it such a great area? And it's because it has a Mediterranean type climate with warm climate vineyards on the valley floor and then the cooler vineyards up in the surrounding hills. And this sort of diversity is what actually allows the region to produce everything from delicate white wines to the most powerful reds. And if you visit the area, you'll see that the it's being just an hour out of Adelaide. It's characterised by rolling hills and valleys and it's covered in a patchwork of vineyards. They're everywhere. And the climate has a cool, wet winter and warm, dry summers and the sun is often out and the humidity is low, which helps. And because of that, the soils are mostly rich and deep, which vary widely from clay, loamy stuff to sort of more sandy soils. And it's because of this climate, because of the soil, uh, everything coming together and it makes for the top varieties grown. And the top varieties are called the Shiraz and there aren't many Australian wines as famous as a Barossa Valley Shiraz. It's typically bold with rich flavours of blackberry, blackcurrant, 
Plum and Cherry. I became a wine expert after going to the Barossa Valley. The Cab Sav is generally full-flavoured and rich with flavours of blackcurrant again, black olive and mint, and it feels smoother and softer in the mouth than uh, wine from the cooler regions. And this Grenache is a lighter red wine than Shiraz and Cabernet. It has flavours of raspberry, strawberry and pepper, and it's often uh, blended with Shiraz and another type of wine to produce the classic blend. So that's just a little bit. I don't mean to uh, become a wine expert. I'm sure there's people out there more experienced than myself, but uh, those Shiraz, Grenache and Cab Sav are the varieties of the Barossa Valley. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. We'll take a quick break here on the Road Less Travel, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about wine regions uh, adjacent to the Barossa Valley. Back with more in just a moment. You're listening to the Road Less Travel podcast. Fat Cat Media offers consultancy and advice. If you are a motocross racer, motorcycle racer, trying to get ahead in the sport, or perhaps you have a business in the motorcycle industry or you're hosting an event, a stage show, or a race meeting. With over 25 years industry knowledge and experience, we can help on a variety of platforms, whether it be as a racer or for those within the motorcycle and motorsport industry. We help you individually and your event with clear and strong strategic plans with direction on how to achieve your goals as a racer or hosting an event within the industry. For more information, email fatcat at iinet.net.au. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Now, if you've got a trip coming up or you've just come back from a trip and you want to let us know about it, you've got some destinations that you've had an absolute ball, uh, you've maybe found a caravan park or free camping somewhere, you thought, this is just an oasis that I have to mention, drop me a line. You can email me, fatcat at iinet.net.au, SMS 0427528467. And if you didn't get any of that, jump onto our website, fatcatmedia.com.au. That's fatcat with a P-H-A-T-C-A-T. And you can find out all the methods of getting in contact with us on the show love to get your feedback love to get your reviews too of what you're thinking of the road less travel podcast how we're doing and don't forget to give us a like and a share with your mates to let everyone know that the road less travel podcast is out and about made in australia for australians now we've been talking about the barossa valley in uh, south australia and if you head adjacent to the Barossa Valley, head over to the Clare Valley wine region, you'll find old stone buildings, majestic gum trees, dot the landscape of rolling green hills and vineyards against a deep blue sky. A growing food scene and world-class wines make it a popular tourist spot, and it's a hidden gem. The Clare Valley is tucked away in South Australia's Mount Lofty Ranges. It's a two-hour drive from Adelaide, but offers a retreat from the world with plenty to entertain, including stone cottage cellar doors, there's hiking tracks, a lot of cool produce, and in some ways, it's a place of contrast, and the contrast being a small wine region with a global reputation. It has a long history in Australia, but a readiness to make wine differently and embrace the new. And one thing is sure, that the Clare Valley wines are up there with the best. It's Riesling sets the benchmark in Australia. Now, the Clare Valley is a hilly wine region, and it's home to five districts. They call it the Auburn, the Watervale, Seven Hill, 
Polish Hill River and Clare that each produced distinct wine styles from the light and elegant to the rich and robust. And for more information, you can jump onto the website australianwine.com and it gives you all the places of the Barossa Valley, all the little towns and destinations that you can visit and, of course, the Clare Valley too. And if, of course, you're a wine connoisseur, then these are the districts that you'll be wanting to visit because of the wine. But if you're a foodie like me and enjoy things like distilleries and uh, B&Bs and just the local uh, culinary experience, then, of course, that has something to offer. Another place of uh, equal significance in the Australian wine industry with its uh, natural beauty, it's got incredibly wine rich and enough great restaurants to keep the fussiest gourmet traveller happy. Visit McLaren Vale, it's one of Australia's most exciting wine region, and the good thing about it, it's only 45 minutes south of Adelaide. And because the list of things to see and do is long, premium boutique cellar doors, food, art, beaches, and walking trails, it's simply up to you. You choose. They say it's the birthplace of wine in South Australia, and McLaren Vale Wine Region is home to one of the most progressive and environmentally conscious wine communities in Australia and the demand for its premium wines is an all-time global high and the spirit of innovation really does live on at McLaren Vale. Where is it? You'll find it in, again, the Mediterranean climate is where um, all these wine areas really flourish. With cool breezes from the slopes of nearby Mount Lofty and the Gulf of St Vincent, it adds to the climatic variety rather across the region. And that's what makes each of these vineyard sites really unique. And once upon a time, it would have just been the Barossa Valley. But as we know now, there's Clare Valley, there's McLaren Vale, there's also Adelaide Hills. Um, That's another little wine region that stands out for its cool climate climate wines there's undulating terrain hillside vineyards and orchards it's also home to historic european influenced towns such as harndorf which is australia's oldest german settlement and in this lush and leafy retreat you can discover cool climate classics like the Sav Blancs and the sparkling styles and unique wines made with alternative varieties too as I mentioned Barossa, Clare Valley uh, McLaren Vale, Coonawarra this is a smaller wine region which has um, I guess sort of a reverence by great growers for its rich Terra Rosa soil, it's known the world over for its outstanding age worthy Cab Sav along with premium Shiraz, Merlot, Chardonnay and Riesling and the drive though to Coonawarra from Adelaide is a bit longer about 4 hours but you'll be rewarded with a relaxed country experience, fascinating wine history and welcoming cellar doors all within an easy drive from each other. And the wine regions are just fantastic. It's also two lesser-known wine regions. Um, so beyond the best-known wine hotspots, there's the lesser-known regions waiting to, to be discovered. And I guess, too, you can escape the crowds. You can delve into remarkable wine history and enjoy some of South Australia's best wines at Eden Valley, which is right next door to Barossa, but sitting at a higher altitude it is a cool climate haven of premium wines including rieslings chardonnays shiraz and cab savs and it's home to ancient eucalyptus trees and rolling hills small little country towns and welcoming cellar doors the vast sun sun drenched region uh, of the riverland is a place to slow down swim in the meandering river and indulge in local produce and bold wines the riverland produces a high volume of aussie wine but these days there's also a growing community of boundary pushing makers crafting organic and edgy wines from alternative varieties a peaceful pocket of the fluru peninsula which we visited last last year so season one of the road less travelled is Langhorn Creek. It's less than an hour's drive southeast of Adelaide. Adelaide. 
and it's a picturesque region of neat little vineyards, uh, old river red gums and friendly country towns. It's also home to some of Australia's best red wines and produces almost as much wine each year as the Barossa. And South Australia too has other emerging wine regions such as Kangaroo Island, we visited that in Series 1, uh, Mount Benson, Mount Gambia, Robe, uh, the Southern Fluru Peninsula and Rattenbully. And again, if you want to learn more about Australian wine, uh, South Australia is the historic heart of Aussie wine, home to some of the most um, famous regions, best wineries and the oldest vines. And you can find out more, head to australianwine.com. And that's a great little website to, uh, to help you tour around the wine regions of South Australia. If you would like to find out more about the destinations uh, throughout the Barossa Valley, through the Clare Valley, etc., jump onto the website southaustralia.com. Now, as I've underlined, double underlined and highlighted in bold, I am not a wine aficionado, but what I do like is cheese and the Barossa Valley Cheese Company is the winemaker's cheese and you'll find plenty of winemakers of course in the Barossa but what makes this different is that this area is right in the heart of winemaking area but this particular endeavour makes cheese and it's not just any cheese these are rare authentically traditional varieties and I love my cheese all handmade with a winemaker's sensibility and artesian skills it's the picturesque town of Angerston which where you find this place it's using local milk from cows and goats farmed by the neighbours um, they're called the Barossa Valley Cheese Company for a reason and being the cheese is made by a winemaker you know exactly what they'll complement perfectly the full range of Barossa Valley Cheese Company cheese products is on offer. They also offer local gourmet condiments, a range of perfect cheese accompaniments too. There's a viewing window and a live stream TV which allows visitors to see the way the team live, eat and breathe and make all their exceptional cheese. The cheese cellar is open six days a week. It's closed on Tuesdays and all public holidays, but you will find it. It's free to venture in there and you will not leave empty-handed. You'll find it at Murray Street in Angerston and they're online with barossacheese.com.au. Make sure you do yourself a favour, as Molly used to say. And if you're in the Barossa, head to Angerston and uh, check out this fantastic little place at Barossa Cheese. Now, a number two, a number two, a number of uh, vineyards and winemakers too are starting to diversify their business range. And as I said, I don't, I'm not a wine aficionado, but what I do enjoy is gins. And you can go to the Seppelvilles Road Distillers. That is named after the picturesque palm line stretch of road in the Barossa, where the South Australian distillery calls itself home. They've been making waves in the Australian gin world since 2018 with their range of premium handcraft. After gins. It's less than an hour from Adelaide CBD and you'll find a distillery and tasting room in a modern it's a modern addition to the Barossa's wineries and cellar doors. It's the brainchild of the gin-loving husband and wife duo at Seppelfield's uh, Road Distillers range of gins and they've been praised both locally and internationally, earning them more than 60 medals, including 99 points for last year's Barossa Shiraz at the International Wine and Spirits Competition, alongside being named Australian Gin Distiller of the Year in 2018 and winning Best New Tourism Bism Business rather in the 2019 South Australian Tourism Awards. Visitors to Seppelfield's White Road Distillers are given an opportunity like we were to witness the magic of distilling whilst discovering premium gin releases, including the world's best Shiraz gin and learning about the process with a structured yet relaxed tasting flight. And if you're just looking for the perfect place to unwind, you could book some time out, sit and relax with a signature cocktail 
Oral Delicious G&T. They are online too. You'll find them at sepplefieldsroaddistillers.com.au and of course you can find them too in Sepplefield Road in Morangana in the Barossa of South Australia. So as I mentioned, yes, it is a wine region, but there are so many different businesses that are diversifying. There's chocolate um, factories as well, chocolate shops, cheese factories, all kinds of culinary delights. So if you're not into um, wine, there's certainly plenty of other alternatives that you can visit. Now, you may have heard of Maggie Beer on ABC TV, The Cook and the Chef. She's also been on MasterChef and um, does plenty of cookbooks. She has a family farm in the Barossa Valley, just out of Narupna, and it is called Maggie Beer's Family Farm, The Farm Shop. She is actually there, not all the time because of different commitments, but you um, you can stay there with accommodation on site. You can park there with your caravan. You can sit there and have lunch at the eatery. Uh, you can stay at Orchard House. Um, she, dogs are allowed there. Whatever have your dog on a lead of, of course but uh, it's a really fantastic place you can visit the farm shop there and uh, you'll find it uh, that's also online you can visit uh, maggiebeersfarmshop.com.au and um, there's things like um, you can hold browse the whole range she's got uh, freshly baked treats for everyone to enjoy there's uh, cheese pate and meat and meat and dirka platters a whole lot of different things and uh, when planning your visit uh, be sure to check out the experiences to see if you can actually join them and if she's going to be there on uh, when you happen to to visit um, plenty to see it's um it's a trip for the whole family kids are catered for with delicious picnic trays including a variety of tasty goodies as well so make sure that you um Check out Maggie Beer's Farm Shop. You do need to um, book if you're um, choosing to eat at the uh, eatery during busy times, uh, the busiest times of the year immediately after Christmas, Easter long weekend and all the school holidays. And it's actually where it's their family home. It's where it's all started for Maggie and Colin Beer. And uh, even at its busiest time, it certainly has the feeling of a home. And Maggie Beer wants everyone who visits to feel a real sense of hospitality, no matter how busy that they might be. You'll find them at 50 Farm Road in Narupna. That just about wraps up our little bit of a visit of the wine region, not only of the Barossa Valley, but the Clare Valley and other wine regions of South Australia. In particular, if you want to focus and take your time to soak in the wealth of Barossa, Barossa experiences that are on offer from cycling tours to ballooning and slow degustations through to music festivals, cultural events, there's hand-on experiences and more cooking classes, there's winemaking classes, gin classes. The Barossa has something for everyone. Find your place in their store. For more information, jump onto the website, which is www.barossa.com, and it has a whole lot of things, signature experiences, events coming up, things to see and do, places to stay, the food that's available, and the wine as well. Make sure that you do jump onto it, and again, as I say, make sure that you get your bucket list filled out and enjoy some of the wonderful sites that Australia has on offer. My name is Nikki Shea. You've been listening to The Road Less Travel, and I hope to catch you out there very soon on the road. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.